0: And welcome to the Built Academy Podcast. My name is Carl Storms, and I will be your moderator and one of the co-hosts for this adventure. We're going to start out today by talking a little bit about what our podcast is going to be all about. So our podcast is going to be published monthly. Now each episode is going to be filled with news, insight, and knowledge from within and around the building industry. We're going to be touching base on the academic, scientific, BIM and technology-related topics to keep our building industry turning. We're going to make sure that you, the listener, are apprised and in the know of all these topics. Each month on the podcast, we're going to focus on one of three areas of interest: technology, science and academia, or the BIM parax. Each episode is going to be thoughtfully curated based on the topic by our Built Academy correspondents via research and industry expert interviews. Now I want to talk a little bit about what is the Built Academy. The Built Academy was founded back in 2017 out of the pure necessity to bridge the gap between the building industry's academia and the ever fast evolving industry itself. The Built Academy team strives to support students and academics alike in providing direct connections with infield experts and linking traditional curriculum with state-of-the-art approaches and technology and workflows. With our new additional effort, this, the Built Academy podcast, we will familiarize our audience with the latest developments utilized in the building industry, how and where it's used, and what benefits it brings to our industry. The team also organizes annual events such as the Built Academy Summit Enabling students and the academics with deep dives into topics such as Dynamo, multi-interdisciplinary processes, coding, PyRevit, and much, much more, all with a hands-on approach. Before we do our first interview, I would like to share some messages we've received about our new podcast from the Built Academy community.
1: Hello, this is Adam Box from uh, Topcon, a long-time uh, supporter of the, uh, the Built Academy and events. Uh, when I think of, of Built um, and their approach, what I'm really drawn to is the almost infectious enthusiasm for sharing knowledge and learning across a, a wider uh, platform. Uh, certainly when I attend the, adem- uh, the uh, events themselves, Uh, I come away absolutely buzzing with with lots of new ideas and things that I certainly didn't realize. So if you're looking to be challenged and educated, then for me at the moment within the AEC environment, the approach taken by BILT is by far the best that I've encountered and I expect to for some time. Hi guys, Alexi and Gordon Stewart here from BIMTrack up in sunny Montreal, Canada. We're a Built Academy sponsor, and I just wanted to say congrats on going global. You guys are in great hands with Carl Storms, and happy learning.
2: Hi, all together. My name is Michael Richard, and I'm from Germany, and I'm proud to be a part of the Built Academy podcast. I'm a MEP and HVC engineer and have more than 30 years experience. I studied BIM and VDC at the Stanford University in California and at the Northwestern U- University of Switzerland. I work for BIM 60 Southeast Asia in Singapore and we do BIM VDC consulting and implementation and uh, I want to talk about digital twins and how to use digital twins in practice.
0: So now we're going to jump into the interview segment. I'd like to introduce you to all of our co-hosts and our correspondents for this Built Academy podcast journey. And first, I'm going to start with Julia. Hi, Julia. Hi, Carl.
3: Nice to be here.
0: Well, thanks for joining us. Julia is our BIM correspondent in the building industry and has been part of the Built Academy team from day one. So the first question for you, Julia, why don't you quickly let me and the listeners know what and where are you currently studying, and what made you pick that uh, topic to study?
3: Well, I am studying at the moment at University of Technology in Eindhoven in the Netherlands, and I am focusing on two masters at the moment. It's construction management engineering and also urban systems and real estate Um, I have studied earlier or previously to this architecture and came in in Austria and came afterwards uh, to the Netherlands and had the possibility to work as a BIM modeler and in the field of BIM in the industry. And it picked me up. Uh, to get more interested towards um, process management, also data management, and especially smart information management. So I discovered this university in Eindhoven and saw, okay, there's real estate where we talk a lot about sociodemographic patterns, about spatial developments of why we build what we build. And this in combination with the smart uh, process of data management and um, um, information management, I get always more curious about this. Uh, The cool thing about the study is that we learn lots of new digital tools and uh, lots of uh, methods, how we can predict uh, statistics, how we can optimize workflows. Um, And overall, it allows me as well to apply this knowledge into
0: my practice. That sounds like a lot of education, a lot of schooling. It sounds like you really like going to school. do, Do you see a time when maybe you won't be going to school?
3: Not in the last, uh, I don't know, (laughs) 15 years. (laughs) I I really picked something what I really like to do. And it was for me a very upward spiral, I call it. You know, coming from the architecture, from also actually from interior design to architecture and then to urban development, construction processes, and so on and so forth. And I see every time again, there's much more to learn for me.
0: So uh, as you've gone through and you've gone from interior design to architecture to, to urban practices, and you mentioned sort of with, with a focus on, on data, do you find any commonalities between, between the two? Like I know interior design and architecture are, are kind of similar and then urban practice, but are you finding that your, your knowledge of those three is helping you with understanding all the differences within it or that they're not as relinked yes. as we think?
3: Very much, very much. It is uh, basically, I see it from the very, very small detail level to a very big uh, level of, of, of developments or of details. And it gives me like the, the basic fundamental knowledge I take out of architecture and construction and interior gives me a basic understanding why we build what we build and how we do shape our entire urban environments. So I see there is a strong, strong combination between all
0: of these fields. Very cool, um, and one last thing before we hop on to the to the next question is with the the urban focus now currently, uh, I'm going to assume that that also brings in um, sustainability and and uh, all of that sort of thing. You know that that focus where we're not just worried about the buildings but we're worried about the their greater good and the cause that those buildings have.
3: Definitely, definitely. And this is something I'm really eager to um, accomplish within my master thesis at the moment. I'm focusing on refurbishment projects, on uh, conceptual design stages of buildings, especially housings. And I see the tools we are having and the methodologies I'm learning at university, but also obviously of self-studies and what I take out of practice from my internships, there's lots of possibilities how we can uh, utilize um, new ways of uh, restructuring and reusing buildings at the very current moment to create a more sustainable environment, to think of which resources do we use? Do we need to build new constructions? Can we not eventually reuse more existing buildings? um, And so on and so forth. So there's lots of of, of components, combined
0: that's awesome and I get the feeling that uh, we could talk about that that aspect here all day so um, we'll, pretty much we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess as the the veteran of the built Academy um, we, we just found out that you're very busy with, with your studies but you're still volunteering your time here at built right from the very beginning um, what's been your motivation right. to keep coming back and being part of the, of the team and the group?
3: So in first place, I started, as you say, 2017 um, out of the motivation because I came in to build in the conference and I discovered, oh, wow, there is so much more to learn. There is so much more going on in technology, in uh, the entire industry of architecture, engineering and construction, you know, and I saw so many subcategories actually you know so many experts in so many diverse fields and i realized i think it is just really not easy for me back then not and also for other students it's not easy to grasp all of this at the same point um so build academy for me and in general offers exactly this platform to allow students to sneak peek into these fields what is all going on out there um to jump into a very big network of experts, but also of students all over Europe to exchange and to, to talk about the latest developments and everything what is going on. And as a special highlight for me, it is the summit every year. And in 18, sorry, 2018, we had our first summit in Ljubljana. And for me, it was so great to see this enthusiasm that students had. They came there with basically no idea what they were expecting from it and got this very broad spectrum of experts and uh, industry experts and, and fields and topics uh, provided and had so much fun with it and so much in interest in it. But kept me staying at Build Academy and made me even more motivated to, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to bring this knowledge from the industry to the students to make them ready and, and aware what is all out there. That's
0: basically it. That's basically it. That's just just that little bit there. Um, I I, I wanted to say that uh, I was fortunate enough to be part of the built in, in 2018 in Ljubljana. And... It was such a lovely place. One of the things for me with all the different built events that I've been to all around the world is exactly that, that you get to see all those different places. Um, and certainly from your perspective, being part of the, of the team and going to the different summits and meeting the students and the professionals, getting that network experience is clearly amazing. Um, but is there a little part of you that enjoys maybe the travel to the places that you wouldn't normally go to?
3: obviously of course (laughs) it is amazing jumping every year to a different spot but you know what this is um, the very interesting thing in this whole concept of uh, build I I believe because having a new environment you know getting the impression of the city of the old constructions of the buildings which are there meeting new people this is the moment you create once a year which gives you exactly this drive to keeps what's what, what, what stuck in your mind you know and what what gives you the motivation to to take this with you this knowledge you gain there and to go on from there it's a very very special moment every year in combination with a new space where you are
0: absolutely i think it's it's all of that that brings it together so i think that's very well put and so i have one more question for you and then i'll, I'll let you off the hook um at least for now <laughs> Uh, so what is it that you look forward to exploring here on the podcast when you're uh, creating content for for your session, your, your segments when you're coming forward? Um, and is there anything you can tell us that you're working on for future episodes already?
3: Yes. Um, well, as I am the BIM correspondent in our uh, project podcasts, um, I'm very... Um, affiliated and interested into the information behind the BIM methodologies. I would like to highlight a bit um, the expertise we get taught at university uh, recording, um, according to BIM, but we also would like to showcase what for BIM practices is actually going on out there in the industry and especially then I want to see and highlight a bit okay the differences between these two worlds. And as I said already before, there is a very, very strong involvement towards information and data. And I'm a very data-driven person, so I believe very much data will be the future. Uh, so I want to make a point out of this um, differences between these two environments and where they can learn from each other.
0: Well, that sounds very interesting. I look forward to that Uh and our upcoming podcasts. And I hope you'll stick around to the, the end of our episode where I have a, a nice group question for all of our co hosts.
3: Definitely will do.
0: Thank you. Before our next interview, here are some more messages from the Built Academy. Hello, Built Academy. Is Claudio Vittori Antisoli here from
2: Italy?
4: I want to say hello and congratulate you guys for being strong, for uh, becoming digital doing podcasts, for really uh, keep uh, supporting the, history, the industry with your knowledge. It's been a pleasure for me to take part of one of your academy the past year as a, as a mentor, and it was a really a great experience that gave me the opportunity to um, meet people from a different part of the world, that to have a connection with them. This is really something that is helping me and I hope them to improve and grow in my job. So for this reason, I really uh, thank you, and I'm really looking forward to see you maybe at next build in Valencia.
2: So big hugs, big hugs, but from far away. Stay strong.
1: Hi, there's Connor Shaw
2: here, tuning in from
1: Finland. Uh, I've been a long-time speaker with Built and RTC, and recently Built Europe committee member, and been involved with the Built Academy as a mentor both in Ljubljana and in Edinburgh, and we've had a really great time doing that. Uh, Big congratulations to you guys putting out this new podcast, and I'm really looking forward to see what you have to put out.
3: Hi, I'm Diane Ramage, BIM Manager for Kepi Design in Scotland and a Built Academy mentor and friend. I'd like to say huge congratulations to the whole team at Built Academy on the kickoff of what's going to be a fabulous forum for advancing knowledge and making sure skills are relevant for today's and tomorrow's built environment workplaces.
4: Hello, friends of the Built Academy podcast. This is Alberto from Spain. I'm a professor in the BIM Master of the Polytechnic University of Valencia. It was a real shame that we couldn't meet this year in my country. I hope we can get together here very soon and have a good time learning BIM. Health for everybody. That's what we
3: need now. Take care.
0: All right. On to our next correspondent and co-host, Daniel. Hello. Hi. How's it going, Daniel?
1: I'm fine. Best greetings you from Germany.
0: <laughs> Great to hear. Daniel is our academic and science correspondent in the building industry. Okay, Daniel, are you ready? Yes. All right. Question one. So you've already been quite active in the education and the tutoring aspects uh, with the faculty you're currently studying at. Maybe describe to us quickly what you think is currently missing in the pan-Europe curriculum.
1: Well, since 2013, uh, I am lucky enough to be able to teach software-based uh, building modeling at my faculty in Graz in Austria. I am therefore getting in touch with many different opinions and perspectives on how people try to approach this huge challenge of teaching a BIM software, but also BIM methodology. To students of my age and I do see some critical points on where we do struggle a bit on how to implement new ways of teaching which require a specific way of trying to approach the way on how we teach Revit or any other software we are able to bring to our students. So we never every day's life at university, I do miss interdisciplinary collaboration, which is so dominant in practice, but at university, it does seem like we struggle a bit to merge up different faculties and all different points of view from so many disciplines. And it's therefore to see we, uh, at the Academy, aware of this problem, and we are trying to face this challenge, trying to bridge the gap, bringing together the best of both worlds, and reaching out to you in this podcast, showing multidisciplinary content, which could help in uh, creating up content for your very own lectures at university. But I also do miss a certification of the learning outcomes of software-based modern construction lectures, which are valid throughout Europe. And I'm therefore more than hopeful that we will be able to come up with uh, a certification which would allow everybody all over Europe to certificate a certain level of the beam usage of different attendance of courses. And I do also see the necessity of keeping software independent because for now looking at teachers throughout Europe, it's mainly just trying to respond to one specific software. And we are trying to go and reach out to all sorts of different platforms in trying to do so. But I also think that's kind of a similar topic, try to just see my teaching at the Graz in Austria as not only primary software-based training, because the BIM methodology itself is obviously trying to do much, much more than teaching one specific software to, to students. And being convinced that BIM training for students must communicate much more I see the Bit academic post as our very own possibility to reach out to students and give a bit of uh, inputs and maybe also possible contents on how there is a way of teaching multidisciplinary BIM methodology using more than just one software, but trying to make it various and interesting for our students.
0: So one of the things that I really like about what you said there is the idea that we're looking at training on BIM in the process and all that comes behind that and that we're making sure we don't focus on, on just a single software. And I think that's a very key point because it's definitely not just a software. We're not just going to someplace where we learn to use a piece of software. We want to focus on the process and the fact that the piece of software is one of many tools at our disposal. Well, I guess that's not really a question. That's more of a, of a response to what you're saying. But I'm just wondering what, what you think. It seems that you're very passionate about that idea that, you know, we're not here to teach software. We're here to teach process. And it sounds like because you're setting up things like the certificate and certification across Europe, that that's, that's your goal. Um, are you finding that your other colleagues share in that? Or do you think maybe that's what this, the Built Academy platform and podcast might help you uh, get that out to the,
1: to the greater good? Well, I do have, I guess I do have lots of colleagues which share it with me, but we all struggle a bit to just make it work due to specific complications of the academic world. You generally need to comprehend and try to communicate with the students what you're doing. And it's therefore probably much easier as a tutor if you go out and scream for, well, I'm teaching some sort of software the very beginning of setting up a course of being methodology at university or college, important for me and for us to just try to make it clear that the methodology is what it is all about and the software you use is the tool, but the methodology is much more there. And just coming back to, to my lecture, we realized setting up the name of it that it, we, we really couldn't just use the name of software and therefore, using software-based building modeling did help us to reach out to students. And think, well, look, we aren't software course, but we would like to animate you to join our course. They can select which software they want to use. And back at this later stage, we will all together exchange the models and learning from each other and trying to do a first step into how a multi-platform designing process could look like and the good acceptance of the students is showing us that we are probably in a good way but obviously the lack of a certificate makes it harder for us to not being able to to attest to the students that they know how to use it and they see build academy uh podcast as one first step to reach out to everybody if you to analyze and also try to get feedback on what could be asked more and how we do see our process of setting up the certification.
0: I, I think that's, that's good. And I think the idea of even just the fact that you're seeing success from that workflow, I think that's going to make it the, the progress towards certification that much easier. So next question for you, Daniel, you're still on the hot seat. Um, <laughs> So you're you're affiliated with interdisciplinary, that's a big word to say, uh, BIM-related with teaching civil engineers and architects. What kind of successes are you seeing that uh, both faculties are bringing together, and can you share something like that with their audience?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Architects as well as engineers use and see CAD software as one of the most important tools in their everyday life for the studies, but also later in the working day routine being forced to sit most of the time in front of a computer and just use these specific tools and therefore mastering the tools itself is necessary and it's basically the most important task they need to be able to handle if they want to uh, successfully complete the work and i do see a good input from students just coming back to us very, very quickly saying, well, but it is what I really need. So why can't you offer more course or just more content about it if we still didn't just like start up the, the class? So I do see a super high uh, positive response on, on all levels on students requesting us to do it in a more profound way, showing up every single possible function that the software does offer to be able to to complete and achieve what they're trying to do. And the different perspective of, of architects and, and engineers is for me the key point of why I'm doing it because I I obviously know that an architect or the engineer isn't working for its own. It's always a teamwork and being able to, to train and test it from the really early beginning at university try to just show up what challenges they both need to to work on to make it work in a later later stage progress is wonderful and the success for us is to really see on how they are able to work together at university from the beginning trying to just help out to each other also just like explaining them how to, how to model a wall out of the perspective which they need to make it work for structural analysis and that's good for us and it, it does provide us with the energy we need to to get through it, but also to to go out and uh offer it on, on a broader level. That's what Bit Academy is for.
0: I, I think that's that's a valid point. And I think the idea of um teaching the the students enough software in their required discipline so they understand the software and they can focus on the task at hand, not how do I build the wall or how do I do energy analysis or, you know, not focusing on how to make the tool work. They understand how to make the tool work so then they can spend their energy on the creative process for whatever they're doing. Perfectly uh, valid response. And I think it's good that you're doing that by giving them that that education on the tool so that they can focus on their actual training and spend their time doing the part they enjoy. Um, although some people do enjoy the the part of the software as well. Uh, many a great career come from that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I, I, I've started from the software part to be honest, but they suddenly realized, well, it's it's more than that. so.
0: Absolutely. And that, that's a very good point that it's, it's more than just that. And well, um, I, I think that's, that's a great place to end that question. And on to the last one for you today, Daniel, thank you for sticking with us. My question to you, how are you going to take the, the scientific and the academic content for our podcast? Um, where are you going to take that as part of the podcast? And perhaps do you have something that you're already working on that you can share us for upcoming episodes?
1: Yes I have but first of all chatting with you now for a while about how to teach BIM I would like to start with my interest of sharing with you deep insights of how different approaches uh, on how educators approach the challenge of teaching BIM BIM methodology to students in the pan European context is what we would like to share in my part of the podcast as well just reaching out to uh, teachers and tutors which to uh, try to challenge this huge task of learning BIM methodology students. But I would also like to forecast on how we as BILT Academy are trying to support the educators, providing high-quality content for the educators for their teaching. But the most and probably most interesting part for us is also to be able to provide and look behind the scenes on all different sorts of research and projects going on in our industry, like just diving into life cycle assessment of sustainable construction, which is such of a hot topic these days. And we as the Academy do have a network which is able to provide you these insights. But we are also planning in looking into how robotics applications for the construction industry are changing our very private and own way of, of working these days and I do look forward in just being able to to share all of these interesting sites on our construction industry from an academic and scientific point of view.
0: Well, I think that uh, that's some very interesting stuff. I look forward to hearing about it and I'm also sure that all of the the academics that are, that are teaching all the students are, are looking forward to having another resource to help them with the latest and greatest topics, so uh, that's awesome. Uh, like Julia, I hope you'll, uh, you'll stick around. Daniel, I've got a, a nice group question for us all at the end, and thank you so far for your time today.
1: Thank you for your time as well. Thank you. Before
0: our final interview, some more messages from the Bill community.
1: Hi, guys. It's Nathan Hildebrand, and I'm a director from Skewed, based in Brisbane, Australia. I'd like to congratulate the Built Academy team on beginning their podcast series. It's a exciting thing to do, and a lot of things that people can learn from listening to podcasts and in the new technologies and the ways in which we learn. Now, uh, I was lucky enough to be invited to contribute as a mentor uh, the inaugural Built Academy summit in Slovenia uh, in two thousand eighteen, and I look forward to uh, continuing to share my expertise uh, with people that participate within Built Academy. Uh, in open beam processes and, uh, I guess, general life and lessons that I've learned um, over the last you know, 18 years working within the profession. So good luck with the podcast series, guys, and I look forward to listening.
4: Hey, I am David Barco, also known as Diary of a BIM Manager, architect, technologist and digital leader of the Berryland BIM Consultancy in the Basque Country, podcaster at set Coordinates and editor in BIM Channel website. I have been a collaborator of Build Academy for many years from Spain, spreading the events on my blog and social medias. From here, all my encouragement and congratulations to Build Academy for the podcast initiative and their contribution to the architecture, engineering, and construction sector. Thanks for being a reference. Adios, goodbye, agur... Hello, Built Academy podcast, it's Heidi Earl here checking in from the Digital Built Environment Institute headquarters in Sydney, Australia. Welcome to all those listening and congratulations to the Built Academy team, Julia, David, Daniel, Alex, and Carl and Sylvia for getting this series up and running. I can't wait to hear the interviews you have in store for us over the coming months.
0: Okay, so now on to our next co-host and correspondence. Hello, David. How are you today? Hi, Carl. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's a lovely day. So David is going to be our technology correspondent in the education sector and the building industry. Um, are you ready for the first question, David? Let me. All right. Uh, so David, as the, the youngest member of our team, uh, you've volunteered to take on the coverage of the technology aspect of the podcast. Um, in brief, what is it that excites you about this?
4: In brief, uh, I love learning. Uh, innovation and the creative ways people pull off these innovative uh, technologies is inspiring to me and in my opinion that's what technology is it's it's innovation I'm under the assumption that being innovative and creative is an amazing quality to have in this industry Uh, especially in times like these where there's major crises happening all over the world most of which are just waiting for a great mind to come up with a solution as someone who's just started their journey in this industry I don't think there's a a better way to get acquainted and learn about all the amazing things that are involved in the innovative technology world, uh, than not only this podcast, but Built Academy itself. I've already met some incredible people who have such an expansive knowledge of this whole new world I've only scraped the surface of. Learning can be so much fun once you find the things you love.
0: Well, that's a very good point. I mean, and clearly you're starting off on the right foot by um, being very driven doing what you need to, to learn new things. I mean, in fact, you're here. You, you, you came and b- become part of the team. I think that's a, that's a great start. Um, but I think I'll also ask, you mentioned you like the idea of technology. You're doing the technology part of the podcast. Um, what is the, that first technology, that, that first uh, gadget, if you will, that really sparked that interest? What's that, that first thing that you got that got you excited about going down the technology road?
4: Um, probably a bit later on in life when I discovered Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, the fact that you can—it's <laughs> an amazing thing. The fact that you can contact people from all over the world, as as we're doing right now, um, it's just—it's fascinating. You can have somewhat uh, face-to-face
0: conversations with someone who isn't actually there, in a way. Very true. We're doing it right now. We are. Uh, that's, that's a pretty good answer, and as uh, I, I certainly don't want to date myself, but, but I'm thinking way back to when I got started with technology. It certainly didn't have the luxury of Wi-Fi, that's for sure. <laughs> so I think that's a great answer. So you are ready for question number two? Sure. All right. So in these, these challenging times of a social distance, I'm curious, how, how has that changed your, your study routine? How are things different as a student these days? Oh, this
4: is a fun one. Uh, I won't lie, Carl. Uh, at the beginning, um, it was very hectic. Uh, after I was just getting used to working from home, the laptop I was using, it died completely. Uh, blue screen, that didn't work. I uh, had to wait a while to order a new PC, and when that came, a couple of days after that was delivered, that also died. Uh, in total, it was about maybe a month and a half before I had a working PC that was reliable and ran the software properly actually considered at one point to only use a pen and paper to meet the deadlines. Old school. Uh, luckily enough, old school, yeah. <laughs> luckily enough, though, the deadlines were kind of relaxed to ease the pressure from students and lecturers. Um, when the summer's over, there's talk of semester one of my next year at college being completely distant learning, just what we're doing right now, basically, uh, which sounds a little daunting. But I'm confident
0: that my college can take all the, the steps they need to keep everyone safe and healthy. Well, that's good, and, and the, the safe and healthy part is definitely the most important. If it ends up that you do spend that, that next uh, term doing distance learning again, um, aside from the the unfortunate blue screams of death times two, um, do you think you've kind of settled into a routine um, where you know learning from home is is something that you can thrive at? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that now that everything is, is set up and I have the resources ready, um, everything will be pretty okay. That's good to hear. Although it would be nice to get back and, and see your mates once in a while, right? Oh, yeah. I miss a drink. I miss a drink with, with my mates. <laughs> I think we all miss that. I think we all miss that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, last question. As the person that's working on the technology podcast... Uh, are you able to give us a bit of an idea, or the audience per se, an idea, with uh, any tips on improving th- that personal learning experience now that you've uh, experienced for a few months now?
4: Yeah, of course. Um, in my opinion, one of the best things to have is a, a routine. So, waking up in the morning, having set hours for, for working, and remember to be taking breaks in between. Another thing I would recommend is separating your workspace from your sleeping space. Uh, I read a study online a couple of weeks ago that stated that if you uh, combine these spaces, it will greatly affect your productivity and work quality. Uh, your brain creates associations with uh, the spaces and what you should be doing in those spaces. So, if you start working in your bed, the quality of work will decrease, and that then has a knock on effect to your sleep because your brain's trying to get used to working in that space. Um, it will struggle to switch off at night. Um, just a, an important message out. just to, I want to get out there is at the end of the day, good grades are great, but it shouldn't come at the cost of your health, that be physical or mental. Remember that you should be taking care of yourself first and everything else should come after.
0: That's uh, that's very wise advice for from uh, such a young person. And uh, I, I sometimes myself struggle to take that advice, especially the, the idea of not working um where you're going to be relaxing um i i do from time to time find myself trying to get some work done while i'm sitting in front of the the tv um, and one is not very conducive to the other so um, i i think i'm going to try my best to take some of that advice uh from you david um and i think one of the things that i will add along with your list of necessities from your past experiences that we should probably have a couple of extra pens on hand just in case the computer breaks down right yes Yes, definitely. Now, I know I said that was the last question, but I I was fibbing a little bit um, because you (laughs) are the one that's kicking off the the next podcast, our technology podcast for the episode one that's coming up. I do have one more question for you. The correspondent that's kicking off that first episode, uh, it's going to be a technology podcast. Can you tell us what you have in store for us for that next episode?
4: Of course. I'll be talking through the good and the bad of the new Revit 2021 release. Uh, Explain some misconceptions and differences between open and closed BIM, Uh, learning what a digital twin is, where it can be used and what for. I'll also be diving into the wonderful world of AR and VR to explain how that works and what that will be used for. As the youngest member, I'm not well versed in the language and terminologies used by people. Uh, And generally, I don't have the knowledge of the rest of the team and the experts I've interviewed for these topics. So this will not only be a learning experience for the viewers, but also me.
0: Well, I, I can tell you that I'm certainly excited as a bit of a, of a technology geek myself about some of those topics, uh, like those pesky digital twins. Um, and, and I think you, you said it very well, David, is that while you may be new at learning some of these things, uh, you by no means will be the only one and a lot of people will be learning from these topics. Um, so I think you've picked some great things to explore for that first episode. And I certainly thank you for your, your time here today. So I did mention, and you've, you've all heard me say it as we went through, that once we, we introduced our cast of co-hosts and correspondents, that I did kind of want to have a general question at the end. So I hope that Julia and Daniel, David, you're all ready for that, that final group question, if, if you yes. will. Yes. All right. So this is for all of you. In brief, what is it that you're hoping to or should I say, who is it that you're hoping to reach with the content you create for this podcast? And why do you think that this content uh, is gonna be useful for all of our listeners? Um, Daniel, let me start with
1: you. Well, I would like to reach out to students and the people behind them, so all of the academic staff, which is trying to involve students in growing yourself, into a very good starting position for the work later on and being able to reach out to students and the industry experts at the same time for me there is a very good point in trying to merge both worlds and bridge the gap from our perspective and we are all students which are getting a wonderful support by the team of experts in our background So I do see that we are probably reaching out to all of you guys, listeners from students to leading experts of our industry. And the why is probably what Julia can probably answer from her perspective.
3: Um, Well, I think actually purely out of curiosity. Um, we see uh, there's many misconceptions of interpretations of uh, things going on in the industry. Why do we do what we do? Uh, how do we do it? And every expert has some sort of a different point of view and a different um, opinion about it. I think we want to just cl- clarify and explore um, new fields and bring it on a on a on a platform such as the podcast and to showcase it to all the target groups Daniel just mentioned.
1: To, to give you to be to give you one brief example on how we are trying to achieve it, we were just discussing in our preparations of who we are actually trying to reach out to, and the quickest answer is all-involved multi uh actors of the field and discussing about who is the AETO-FM industry, we realized that it might have be clear to everybody of us what the term is actually all about, talking about the arch- architectural, engineer, construction, operation and facility management of the field, which uh, the term does stay for, so we will try to explore all different sorts of terms of the industry from our perspective of a student's eye, but also bringing in highly interesting experts' views and their knowledge, of course. It's a, it's a good mix, I think.
0: I think it is a good mix. David, what, what are you going to toss into that good mix?
4: I agree completely. I think that these podcasts, the, these collection of podcasts, have the potential to be uh, very influential to not only students, but the industry itself.
1: I agree. I, I would say that it is probably also quite of a nice bridge, which does help the industry to reach out to students. Uh,
3: and also vice versa. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's
3: the exchange between both to just showcase, okay, how does it industry do? How does it academia do? Um, and where can we learn from each other?
1: And, and also show off the needs. So what does the industry need from students and what could students possibly hope for being uh, yeah, asked to do in the industry? So that's what we will explain from our perspective.
0: Well, I think the, the couple of little nuggets that, that I took away from, from that is the idea of, of bridging the gap between the students and the academia, the, the academia and the industry. I think that's a great idea. And I think uh, a great way to end this uh, episode zero of our podcast is on the idea of we are all students. I think Daniel said it best when he said that. So um, with with that in hand, I want to thank you all uh, for taking your time today uh, to discuss your your roles inside of the Built Academy podcast and what we can expect in future episodes from you with your correspondence.
1: Thank you very much, Carl. Thank you very much for hosting our session and we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much.
0: Just before we wrap up the podcast, I'd like to mention that one of our Built Academy correspondents, Alex, wasn't able to be here today. Alex is going to be our general building industry correspondent, and we're going to catch up with her on a later episode. In closing, we would like to thank our podcast technology sponsor, BIMTrack, for their continued support of the Built Academy, as well as Peter Yosel for the intro music he's provided to the podcast. Be sure to tune in for episode one, airing June 25th, to hear all about David's technology. Please like and subscribe to our podcast and give us a follow on social media to stay up to date on all things Built Academy. Until then, and on behalf of the Built Academy team, thanks for listening. Stay healthy. Stay safe.